Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Jesse come to you live as the Avs just signed Nathan McKinnon to the biggest contract of any current NHL player. Technically, not the biggest contract ever. Crosby technically got a little bit more money, but that was over significantly more years. Uh, so largest AAV, largest AAV ever. Correct. Uh, $12.6 million over eight years. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone is particularly surprised by this, but it's finally done. So it doesn't kick in until next year, of course, but I just glad it's done or, or any more significant thoughts to start off. No, yeah, glad it's done. Glad it's not dragging into the regular season. Obviously, we heard the interview. Everyone heard the interview, uh, you know, from the uh, NHL media tour that Nate did last week saying, it's close. I want to get this done. I don't want to be anywhere else. So you were never worried that it wasn't going to get done. Um, but it's nice to have it. It's in the rearview mirror now. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to think about it. Uh, everyone, everyone in the organization and everyone outside the organization like us can – just focus on the season and the hockey and not have to worry about it. And I tweeted out this morning. I think it's a great deal for both, uh, for both parties. Um, and on a deal like this for a player like this, like that's what you want. Um, this I think has been like the smoothest uh, negotiation that we've heard of in, in a while. Like Kale wasn't bad. Miko wasn't bad. Uh, but look, this is a big name player. He just became the highest paid player in the league on, on an uh, average annual value. Um, you want to make sure he's happy. You want the team to feel comfortable. Uh, and, and I think both sides landed on that with, with this deal. He gets to be the highest paid player. The abs get their term and you know, they're not, they're not going into the thirteens, into the fourteens, into the fifteens. Like, um, they kept it manageable a little bit higher than maybe what we were, uh, hoping for super optimistically, uh, before the end of the season. But, uh, I, I just, I don't see how, Anyone can be upset about this or, or look at this as a as a bad deal. I think I think both sides are gonna be really happy with this. I mean, I think that I actually haven't seen really any dissent Mm-mm. in like from Colorado perspective. Uh, I see people from the outside who are like, "Oh, they're gonna have problems with the cap," and it's like, "Oh no, they have to pay their elite players." <laughs> oh no. Uh, but I I really don't think um like there's a really good chance that this doesn't the end of this contract doesn't go very well you know and that they're paying 12 million dollars for a guy that's just not a 12 million dollar player anymore it's always the case with players going into their mid to late 30s and like you don't care about any of that right now we're probably not going to care that strongly about it in 2030 when that deal is uh, when the deal is ending uh i I I wish I wish all star contract situations could go like this where the Avs draft a guy they sign him to a long-term deal, they sign him to another long-term deal. That's his whole career. That's his career. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Two well, contracts, you know, like it's this is a the this is a piece of cake and but no, like I I really don't see uh like if you go and you look at McKinnon's numbers and you look at uh, you look at his production, regular season, postseason. Uh, the only thing, the only thing that you're gonna do is nitpick 
at this point. Like it's it would you can only nitpick uh, the last five or six years of his career. Uh, I guess it's five years. Uh, the last five years of his career, and even that would be dumb. I mean, he's he's such a special player. Well, and I, honestly, I, I I even disagree a little bit with like the by the end of it, you're going to be you know overpaying a player depending on where the salary cap is at and all that stuff. I mean, 12 million may end up being right in line with where a, you know, late thirties player will be. Uh, I mean, he'll, what he'll be 35. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I and on, so honestly for me, even at the end of this deal, I don't even have any, you know, yeah. real reserves about it. I mean, we'll see how bad it gets at the end of this deal for sure. Like, you never know. Um, but Part of that conversation is speculation to a certain extent, but there has been quite a bit of traction that the NHL is expecting a really big salary cap jump in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So. And if not 24, definitely. Again, to AJ's point, we're talking about 2030, 2031, when you're really getting to the the end end of this deal. And yeah, I mean, uh, one, also to AJ's point, you really don't care about that right now. Um, but but it ended up just shaking out the way that we've talked about now for what two years. They basically said, "Hey, look at EJ's contract. Do you want that money? It's yours. If you want it, it's yours." And that's essentially where we landed. Yep, he got literally doubled his current deal, mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. from six point three to twelve point six. So, yeah, and I mean, the it's it's funny. Like that, he becomes the highest paid by a hundred k. He's yeah, uh, but... <laughs> he's like the new AAV king, and you're just like cool. Like <laughs> you wanted to be the highest paid player in the league, and the Avs were like, we really don't want to give you thirteen million dollars. And so he was like, let's do this, I guess. Yeah. The exact uh, double I... of his of his contract is is an interesting because I almost wonder if that was just where it was like, do you just want to double it? <laughs> I will say the structure of this is really interesting. Um, we have never seen the Avs do a structured, a deal structured like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if this is a difference that we will see between McKinnon or McKinnon McFarland and Sackick. Uh, because almost the entire contract, uh, 85 million out of the 100 million, is in signing bonuses. But forty-five million of that is in the first three years. I wonder. I, I wonder what it's going to be like for McKinnon getting a smaller game check than Logan O'Connor this year, <laughs> because his base salary is seven seventy-five. <laughs> An interesting structure. Uh, more than anything is that uh, I, I just think the structure of it is is like fascinating for me. Um, I mean, like, it's... And I would be willing to bet that that's the main thing that caused this negotiation to go on as long as it did. I'm sure they as had the number for a like, while. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that they've been in the twelve six area for for a while, and that uh, the real thing is the bonuses trying to figure out these bonuses because they're very specific and the one year that is he has a really high base salary is 
potential lockout season. Yep. So, um, also a deal like this has to get a deal this big, this this large, and uh, has to have uh, an ownership approval where they're comfortable saying July first of every year. Will cut you a fifteen million dollar. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's not even that's not even just C Mac versus Joe Sackick. Like, I feel like you typically would need to see like a change at, at higher levels to see this kind of be done that differently. Because yeah, I mean, that's Stan Kroenke's got to rip the check out of his book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and that's where you have to get owner. You know, Josh. Really, it's Josh that has to say sure. Uh, the July 1st of every year, we'll give McKinnon a $15 million deal yeah. for the next three years. Um, but it is interesting that uh, from the player side, he gave back a little on the lockout year. He gave the team protection so that if there is a lockout, they're only giving, they're only giving him a $3 million check on July 1st of a year in which they may not have a labor agreement. In Base place. salary might not be a thing. Exactly. So it is. It is an interesting. Um, the one area where I think that McKinnon uh, did the abs a solid was right there. Was 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 in that one year. Um, I don't. I don't think that this is like he talked about. Oh, I'll take a little bit less. I don't think when you become the new highest paid player in the league, you can't be like, oh, look at all the money I left on the table. But I, like, could he have like absolute? Would the abs have been like, "There's no way we're giving you 13.5 million"? Like, would that million dollars really have been the difference between him walking in free agency and the abs signing him? No, I don't think it would have been. I think push comes to shove, the abs probably go there. But I don't think I I don't think that we can really talk about this in any kind of a real term of hometown discount. I think this oh, is I fair. I think I think it's fair for both sides. I think both of them. Uh, I, I don't think he left much money. If, I'm having a hard time believing that a hundred million dollars deal. We're going to talk about money left on the table. Um, As a UFA, hundred percent. Someone goes over fourteen. No doubt. No doubt at all. Yeah. I mean, so you're anyway, about ten million dollars um, over the life of the deal. Um. Um. Yeah. And. He get fourteen over seven years. What's the difference in them? What's the difference in that money? Right, I'm, I'm I, just I can't do like, math. I can't do math live on air. So, well, I'll just I, I'm just saying, I, I, times seven is ninety eight million dollars. That's less money than he just signed for. So, once again, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think that we're gonna. I, I'm for me anyway. This isn't like wow, what a steal. I think that he's the highest paid player in the league. He's on his way to the Hall of Fame. Hopefully they get another Stanley Cup or two along the way. And he cements himself as an all-time great NHL player. Uh, and I don't – 12.6 worth. Well, now now I'm going to sound kind of petty, but I swear to God this is going to be my point anyways. I was about to build off of something you just said. Um, I, I, I really do. It, it was interesting to me because Nathan McKinnon definitely has – and it's not even just necessarily <laughs> – reputation it is who he is just you know a little bit prickly a little bit uh you know not super friendly not super uh you know jovial uh and it's just it's cool to see like you said a minute ago aj uh you know there's the story that's resurfaced a couple times and his dad even talked about it this summer a few weeks ago in an interview how you know nathan mckinnon as a kid said 
I want to I want to play for the Mooseheads. I want to get drafted by the Avalanche, play with Joe Sackick, and you know whatever, whatever. And we've it's it's just been amazing to watch this this story arc and this relationship just be built from the very beginning, right? Where again, we didn't know all the his childhood Avs stuff at the time, but he gets drafted. He comes in. He has this great rookie year. Uh, the team struggles for a few years, but he gets a long-term extension. Cool, he's here. During that extension, the team rebounds. They're they're back on the upswing. They're back to relevancy. They win the Stanley Cup. His next extension is coming up. And and again, it seemingly seems like it was just a really easy negotiation. Both sides want this. He wants to be here. They want him here. He wants the max term. They're willing to give the max term. And then again, yeah, like you said, sure, you can, depending on who you are, you can look at it as other discount or not. Either way, it was an easy negotiation and it's just, it's just been awesome to see a relationship like this between a superstar player and their organization. Just in today's day and age, just with all the conversation you hear about that, are these players wanting to get paid? Are they just going to go to the highest bidder? We've mm-hmm. seen more high-end players make it to UFA in the last five years than like ever before. Um, yeah, I mean, you literally just watched Johnny Gaudreau go, F it, I'm right. going to Columbus. Right, like, <laughs> left money. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where more and more people aren't as critical of players, critical of players as they used to be, because we all understand, Hey, that's within their right to do that. Had Nathan McKinnon decided he want to become a UFA and see what else was out there. Everyone understand you can be mad, but that's his prerogative. That's what he wants to do. It's, it's really fun. It's really refreshing to see uh, just this relationship be so, you know, symbiotic between, a player who has this very outward reputation of being kind of hard to deal with and not really easy to talk to the, the, the marriage just seems to work. And again, you just go back a few years. This is another example that I think is becoming increasingly more and more rare. Not that it's that big of a deal. Just interesting side note. Nathan McKinnon has said this for the last few years. I want to be here. I'll be back. I'll do it in a way that we make sure that we're not, you know, putting ourselves in a bad spot. And whether you think it's a discount or not, I think we can all agree. The one thing his contract does not do is put the abs in a bad cap situation at any point going forward. So it's, again, it's just, it's, it's been refreshing to see that, Hey, he said this as of a few years ago and you know, the, the time came, he got his cup. He had every opportunity to say, let's wait and see, but kind of like McCarr with UMass ish. Nope. I said this, this was my word. I wanted to be here. Let's get it done. And, and it's like you said, AJ, wouldn't it be neat if just all the contract negotiations uh, we had to cover went like this? I mean, I don't feel like it's going to be a, it would be a huge shock come the summer of 2026 and Kale McCarr signs an eight year extension mm-hmm. for $17 million, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like that's going to be a big, thing nope. um but yeah it really would be nice if they were all easy like this <laughs> it's it's nice that it's certainly a lot more fun to do it this way yeah. on the, the eve of uh media day yeah. versus uh the eve of free agency yeah. i mean the a lot last... more fun the last, I guess McCars was pretty easy, but before that, the last two major ones, you had Landy on bordering on free agency, and then you had Miko, who held out through most of training camp as an RFA. 
waiting yeah. to get that deal done. Yeah. So McKinnon's just like, nah, we're getting this out of the way. We're getting it over with. A uh, little bit of house cleaning. There is a full NMC, of course, on the entire contract. Um, no surprises there. Good. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we are brought to you by Game Time. If you love DNVR, then you're going to love Game Time. And the best way to yeah. support us is to buy sports tickets through Game Time at the link in the description of this video and get great all sorts of everything there. The tickets are amazing. Actually, DNVR is going to be doing a uh, a little outing to the Rockies pretty soon here. And we got all in price for good Rockies tickets for $6. So, Yeah, uh, DNVR actually is doing a employee night out tonight uh, at the Rockies game and everybody bought their shit through game time. For literally, it was like $6 tickets. Yep. It doesn't have any of those nasty fees like <clears throat> Ticketmaster. <clears throat> doesn't do any of that gross yeah. stuff. Hasn't Ticketmaster lost like multiple lawsuits over the years? Yep. And had to pay money back to people? Yeah. It's okay. basically been confirmed that they have bots that buy up the tickets and then jack up the price as resale. Uh, it's pretty awful. So. I mean, capitalism, but smart for them. Until the anyway, thing. avoid game time or avoid Ticketmaster. Use game time instead because you can get prices up to 60% off on some of these tickets, especially when the ABS season gets up and running. Those tickets are going to cost a penny. So uh, be sure you're in on it with game time. You can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Yeah, look, I don't know how many ways we have to tell you guys that DraftKings just wants to give you a bunch of free money if you make a new account with the code DNBR. But that's basically what they continue to do. So you can do, join up right now with that DNBR code, and all you have to do is bet $5 on any NFL team to win to get $200 in free bets. Plus, you can boost your winnings with stepped-up same-game parlays. For every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. So you're talking about ridiculous boosts at that point, even if it's like a super easy, like picking the under in a Denver Broncos game right now. Uh, yeah, not difficult. Anyway, go over to DraftKings, check it all out. Of course, you can bet on hockey. Of course, you can bet on whatever sport under the sun you can imagine. So get in there. With the McKinnon deal signed, I wonder if that affected his odds for the for the heart. I didn't actually check. It was plus a thousand to bet on McKinnon to win the heart this year. Last time I checked, so could be an interesting. You would bet think there. that they would get worse with the contract security, right? You would think, yeah, because part of the motivation of the contract year, you win the heart going into free agency, then you're getting fifteen million a year. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he he breaks the hundred point mark. Like, yeah. oh, great great i did see some people today being like he hasn't even scored 100 points in a season which is like <laughs> multiple okay. 99 point yeah years. he's got a 97 point season in 72 games played he's got a 99 point season in 82 games he has a 93 in like with what 68 games played yeah and something low uh, well, was it the the ninety seven was yeah ninety three and sixty nine games played. The 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 ninety seven points was the 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 COVID year when it just stopped. We were like we were all even joking like, well he'll blow by it this year. It won't even be close. That was the ninety three point year in sixty nine games. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. My yeah. Apologies. Same difference, though. They yeah, still had thing. ten. They had ten, ga- ten games to get him seven points. Right. 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 We were like, so, "Yep, done." Yeah. So maybe I don't, but I don't know. If all all that of that. Better. I think the most impressive thing is that you go and you look at his career. His worst postseason. Yeah. Was six points in six games. Yep. His postseason was great, but you got to make sure that you're 21 or over. Uh, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Oh, right. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Every time. Every time you guys are like, all right, the read's over. We're, we're out of here. All right. Let's yeah, go. To, to be fair, you were the one that started that. <laughs> I was talking about gambling. Yeah, and but you, you were started like, oh, that, it's gotta, that aside. The odds have to be odds. worse, and then you were gone. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, one one point I did want to bring up before we move on from the actual value of the contract. Connor McDavid, when he signed his deal as a cap hit percentage, was 16.67. Nathan yeah. McKinnon's cap hit percentage on this one is just 15.27%. So as far as cap hit percent, significantly smaller than the McDavid contract. Uh, it's actually quite similar to the deals that Tane, Kane and Taves signed years ago. They were at 15.22%. For the record, the highest cap hit percentage deal that I know of was Ovechkin's deal uh, that he signed in 2008. That 13-year contract was (laughs) 18.96%. Crosby's, I think, was like 14%. What, but is, again, that was like a 15 year contract, something like that. Yeah. Those so, were contracts that are now very, very illegal. Yeah. And it was a 12 year deal, 14.5%. So uh, it's high. The cap percentage is high. The AAV is high. The money is high. All of it is high. But again, we were just talking about it. For the last five years, he's been a top five player. He's been an elite postseason performer. Uh, he's one of the most dominant players in the NHL today. I, yep. He's in his prime. You really don't you weren't you weren't seriously concerned about decline until about thirty two. That's when you start to be like, okay, we can really start to see something, and you just never know. Like he he may not start declining until he's thirty five. Right. He might decline when he's 30, but they've got they've got a couple of years until they have to worry about that no matter what. Uh so I this is this is it. Like really this sets up, you know, and I've I've said this multiple times. They've got five of their top 6 forwards are now locked up for at least the next 3 years um when Ranton is the next guy on this list. Um they've signed three 8-year contracts in the last year and a half year and change really with Landis Cognachushkin and now McKinnon. Uh they've got Gerard and McCarr signed long term. Byram is an RFA. So they'll have at least four they'll 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 have four years of RFA to work with for him. Um their big guns are kind of set. Like they they really the thing about the whole Oh, they have a cap problem. Like, what money do they need to spend? Like, 
they're probably going to lose Devon Taves because the cap won't go up enough in time for that to happen. So that's probably going to happen. But again, with Gerard and Byram there, you're really set up. You know, not to not that you could just lose a guy like that and be okay, but they are they are set up to be able to lose a guy like that and not have it crater their defense. So they they're in a they're in a good position. Um, outside of you could maybe say Newhook and Byram, they don't have any major contracts on the horizon. Even Georgiev, three years. Uh, he's under contract for three years, so they don't have to. They don't have to to invest in that position again uh, for for a couple of seasons now. So they really they really will be okay. Taves is the likely only guy that you can point to and say you're probably not going to be able to keep this guy. Right. Um, he's just he's played too well. Uh, you're only like hope is that Byram takes that job and Taves becomes more of a second pairing guy uh, and stops getting Norris votes. <laughs> and maybe maybe his next deal is for eight million instead of ten. And even then you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hard time keeping that guy around. And, but, and even then you're gonna have to really hope he loves it in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And and like he will be going into his thirties at that point. He will be in his thirties by the time his next deal is up. So you're not sure there. Uh Newhook and uh Newhook and uh, uh Byram are both fair questions because of the way that things are set up now, because the roster is now very top heavy with salaries at the top. Uh, you're probably going to have to get bridge deals on those guys. Two, three fin- years. Right. Like financially, like, the best case scenario might be actually for the as her new hook to have another like 30 ish point season and then break out next year. <laughs> well, and then they give him, they give him like JT Confer's like yeah. four year deal. And then, yeah. He... So uh, that's that's where I think uh, like that's their current ca- kind of cap situation for the next few years, uh, because if you look, their expiring deals uh, are really just their whole bottom six. Like and yeah. that's not irrelevant, but those are also the easiest players to find on a consistent basis. You know, uh, Comfer, Rodriguez, uh, Helm, Cogliano are all UFAs next year. And that's two thirds of your fourth line. Maybe your two C this year in Rodriguez. You don't know. So they set themselves up certainly for the next three years to be, hey, we're we're still right in the middle of our window. They're gonna have to find like they're really gonna have to find value in those on those parts of the roster. Um, that's gonna be hard to do uh, because that's typically where teams are most inefficient with their money is in kind of the middle of the roster like that, like the, the, yeah. the middle of forwards. Uh, they're like, Oh, $3 million isn't very much. And then they end up with five of those guys. And you're like, huh, it's kind of a problem. <laughs> um, because the, kind of the whole point here is you need to get guys on cheap deals that, that provide surplus value. Like Evan Rodriguez this year is a wonderful example a guy that is a, a $2 million deal, you fully expect he is going to out 
outperform that $2 million. And if he's a $5 million player for $2 million, you're in the money. You're, you're, you're golden. Uh, where, where McKinnon really hurts is while it was, it's been easy for us to say, oh, well, you just take away EJ's money and McKinnon gets it and you're done. Okay. But then you lose EJ. And that's the, that's the whole point of why McKinnon's contract was so valuable is that you were getting an elite player at such a discount that you were able to, you were able to get in, you were able to have another guy on your roster making $6 million that you maybe otherwise would not have been able to, to, to go out and afford. Um, so this is, this is where, look, they've got a, the Colorado's front office has done an exceptional job over the last few years of making the most of Colorado's cap situation, making the most of McKinnon's $6.3 million deal. They've done a great job. To be honest with you, McCarr's contract already is a gigantic steal. <laughs> yep. Uh, and we'll only get, will only provide even better value as the years go because uh, McCarr's only 23 years old. History tells us that his best years are still three to five years away, uh, which is fucking crazy to think about when he's, <laughs> when you look at his career. So this is, this is where you have, uh, this is where your next challenge comes in with the McKinnon deal is that, uh, this raises the bar. They've got to now kind of do the thing that they have struggled a little bit with, uh, where they go and they mine value from kind of the middle of that roster area. Well, and the other thing too, just uh, kind of a last thing on like the actual value of the deal itself. Like for me, it, it, it it's also funny how this conversation, how different it is if they don't win two months ago, right? Uh, How you're now in this thing of like, okay, well you're having to pay him now and it's going to get a lot harder to build these super deep rosters. Um, And, and, you know, it it becomes a lot more of a juggling act. But now that this core has a cup, like to the point that you've made a couple of times now, AJ, like you have the bulk of this core locked up for at least two, three years here. Um you have a couple chances to make some runs at this again, uh, you know, with a core that's gone through it with a core that's done it. And, and you just don't feel that like added pressure of, wow. You, okay. You wasted the, the cheap contract. Now he's going on to the more expensive one. It's going to get a lot harder. There's just a little bit of that weight off, which I think makes a lot of this too. Cause look like not, we're, I don't know if we're necessarily downplaying it, but we understand the reality here. That's, high-end elite player that's kind of where the contracts are but if they don't win that cup a couple months ago this is a much tougher pill to swallow because you are looking at okay the challenges and and how do you get better how do you improve but you step back at it now you say the core is locked up they've been together they now know what it takes to to get over the hump to get across the finish line cool. We feel good. We feel like this gives them enough flexibility to just kind of cycle them in and out at the bottom because that core is, is, is so solidified. Um, it's just, it's just funny to think about how different these exact same events play out if they don't win that Stanley cup or not even play out, but what they mean if you don't have a banner that you're putting up in a couple of weeks. 
to be honest, the commitments that they made may not have been the commitments that they made because yeah. it's a lot easier to be like, well, these guys just made a Stanley Cup run together, so we'll just do it again, right? right, right, right. Versus, hey, they got close, but look at Montreal, look at Dallas. There's no guarantee that you're getting back to that level. Look at Vegas. There's no guarantee you can get back to that level. Exactly. How many of these teams, you know, Nashville, San Jose, those teams, those teams have been good and competitive for a long time. Made one cup run with those Washington. Cores. I think Washington's a great team. One cup run with those cores, and they lost, and they never were heard from again. Like losing a Stanley Cup final is often like the worst thing that can happen to a franchise. Yeah, to I mean, go, go and look, and look for my money. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, it's really, it's really hard to come back from losing a cup final. Yep. Um, Part of another thing that makes the Tampa group so impressive that they they did that. They they went through like two brutal defeats in in the playoffs, losing the Cup final. Yeah, the, later, fifth, the 2015 sweet. group was way different from the one that lost against Columbus. Same but uh, it was. I mean, there's there are some there were some same faces. Yeah, but it, like, whew, that was a. Yeah. Uh, that was a group that went through a lot of changes. And then the Columbus one, they went through a lot of changes. Uh, and they bounced back. Like, hey, they did a good job there. And now we'll see how they do after losing the cup this final most again. recent heartbreaker. Yeah, now on the back end of this, like, do you have yeah. it in you to do that again, what you've just yeah. spent? Well, and, and because they've spent so much money keeping that group together, yeah. The, it's both justifiable and a cautionary tale, yeah. <laughs> because you're like, well, I, no one's going oh darn after you won two cups, <laughs> yeah, and then lost a, a third cup yeah. final, like right. It's a little yeah. bit of a different story there. Absolutely, um, man. I uh, uh, they are they are going to be a fascinating follow for the next year or two to really see how they kind of balance, uh, as you know, Stamkos and Kucherov. Uh, and headmen start to get a little in, you know, deeper into their thirties. Uh, the sacrificing of McDonough right off the top, uh, losing Andre Pilat right off the top. Like some of this, some of this stuff is just these are big losses for them, and that's that's the area where right now Colorado is not facing that problem yet. Like, what do they do with JT Comfort? Do they bring JT Comfort back next year? Honestly, I would pro- I would say probably not. But that's where you have Ben Myers. That's where you have Alex Newhook. You know, maybe you get maybe you get something out of Sampo Ranter. One of the one of the prospects. I, I don't want to go through the entire list again. But maybe you get bottom six guys out of some of those prospects so that you aren't having to pay three, four, five million dollars for a player of JT Confer's caliber anymore. But that's where that's where the difference between Colorado and Tampa is, is that Tampa's on the backside of that run. And Colorado is now set up for the next five years. For in my opinion, for the next five years, they're the team to beat. Certainly for the next two, while Taves is still yeah, in Colorado. I I think the next three, it's it's definitely true. And then you kind of reassess from there. Um again, even with McKinnon's deal next year, the Avs have about twelve and a half million dollars under today's cap to Yes, you have to deal with the new hook and Byram deals, but after that, it's really just their bottom six mm-hmm. that they they really need to sign, and and that's enough money to get that done. Well, and like Myers is Myers is a uh, he is an RFA at the right. end of this year, 
because they burned the first year of that DLC in those five games last well, year. So you, you have that. You have Myers set up. You have hopefully between pick your favorites of Kaut, Olausen, Ranta, Foodie, whoever, some ELC replacements for guys like Cogliano and, and Helm. It shouldn't be too hard for the next handful of years for the ads. Yeah. Uh, we are brought to you by Foco, though, since we're talking about championships. Uh, they do have some Avs championship merch still left out there. You can still get the top human bobblehead with the Stanley Cup. I'm sure AJ's disappointed that it's not sold out. But <laughs> Devontae's bobblehead still out. There's a bunch of other stuff out there. They have super dope, like, shoes and hats and masks and all sorts of stuff that you can get from the Avs or any of your local Colorado teams. So highly recommend you go check out FOCO today. Uh, they're Look, they got all the merch in the world, you can imagine. That's that's pretty much all I got to say about it. When you head over to FOCO.com, uh, there's a link in the description below. You can use code DNBR to get 10% off your purchase. Again, that's FOCO.com. You can check it out today to get all of your dope stuff. We're also brought to you by Breck Brew, not just the official beer of DNBR, but also throwing the Hoot Nanny down at their little location, uh, October 8th and 9th. I say little, it's like a gigantic location. That place is yeah. huge. But uh, October 8th and 9th, they're having a big festival for their 32nd birthday. They have a bunch of bands there, including Spin Doctors and some local bands, all sorts of stuff. If you want to go grab a drink, it's a great place to go. Maybe not quite DNBR bar good, but pretty darn close. It's it's super sick for big events like that. So go to breckbrew.com today, check it out, and get your tickets to the Hoot Nanny and just see all their awesome other stuff too. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Two super chats to get to here very quickly. Uh first we have Kevin with two dollars saying Mac Attack is back, Jack. Thank you very much. And then next we have Pin King with $5 saying, I hope he is saving some of it so he doesn't become another statistic of broke former pro athletes. Invest, 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 invest. They, what's that? I, it would be a little bit weird with a $15 million signing bonus to do this, but the, the advice I always hear is on your new contract, you take the first paycheck and you put it all in a savings account and forget about it. That way you always have that money. Yeah, well, him having just a base salary of seven. Can a man live off of seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? <laughs> How could he's he just banking his fifteen million dollars <laughs> signing bonus on July first of next year? Poor guy. Seven hundred seventy-five k. What a no, no longer rich mons over there. He's the poor mons. <laughs> I. I... I actually am not. I believe that statistic, the number of players that go bankrupt is markedly lower in hockey. the NHL. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that documentary, Broke? I don't know if it's I actually, I uh, listened to it on my drive from Winnipeg to Denver. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Where'd you find it? Uh, it's a 30 for 30, so you can find oh. it on Disney+. Plus. Um, No kidding. Dude, that, that one was... Uh... That was just really interesting because that's another thing. Like I was getting annoyed this morning. I saw a couple people talking about, or not a couple people. I saw this one person. Um, I think it was on like a sports net. There was a big national thread complaining that Nathan McKinnon got 
twelve and a half million dollars. And a couple people were like, "How can you say that's bad?" And his whole thing was like, "He gets he's he shoots a puck around. Is that really worth twelve million dollars? All these professional, you know, uh, athletes, blah blah blah." And I just couldn't because I'm not saying that like it's an entertainment business. I'm not saying that you know there isn't a lot of money that's paid to them and uh, like whatever. But I do hate when people water it down to like, oh, they just play a game. Like people can't even begin to fathom the sacrifice and the work that goes into being a professional athlete. Also, um, how important it is just in general. You want to you want to make it reductive like that. But what did the world turn into when all the sports went away at the same time? Right. People were fucking miserable. Now that's yeah. not entirely because of sports. Part right. of that was everybody being stuck at home and not being able to go out and do things. But if we woke up tomorrow and sports were just gone. Yeah. Dude. Not like they never existed and we just boop, but just gone. Uh I mean, first of all, all of us would be unemployed. So that would yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. 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 Let's not imagine that too hard. Uh but it would just not like what do you do for fun? What would right. what would the millions of people who who center their lives around sports in general? Mm-hmm. And think of how many people are just one sport people in the world. Right, right, right. You know, somebody like me who loves a lot of different sports, a lot of right. who who even am I at that point? Well, and and then the the comment that just came in, like again, people I don't think appreciate like how much they put their bodies on the line, uh, you know, their, their, their long-term health. Uh, again, Josh Manson, I was just talking to my mom about this a few weeks ago. Josh Manson lived away from his family for like three months because he got traded and they didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, you know, you're talking about, they have kids in school and then they get traded. They got to pull them out and roll them somewhere else. And then they get traded again. Like being a pro athlete, like, yeah, they make a lot of money and it's, it's very, uh, you know, glamorized, but people don't quite give it enough credit for how difficult it is yeah. to like, be a pro athlete. Well, and like you always have people who are like, oh, they could dry their tears with their piles of money. And you're right. like, dude, they have a they have a skill that is valued. Right. <laughs> it is not their fault that people are giving them money for it. Okay. Right. Right. Like there yeah. are people, there are people, there are a lot of athletes. The Olympics are a wonderful example of this. A lot of athletes point. who don't make piles that of money doing money the things and, that they and love. put all that hard work well, into dude, it still, even, yeah. even within, again, you see the Nathan McKinnon, uh, you know, $12 million a year contract, and you forget that there are a lot of players in the NHL who are on league minimum deals, one-year deals, and, you know, your agent fees and your taxes and all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. His Not actual everybody... take home of that is going to be like seven million dollars or whatever. I mean, oh right. Or... Well, oh, oh, I'm even talking like again, like you think it, of the Curtis for... McDermott. So right. it's like that dude. If if his career ends after this next contract, like he has to keep working. Like he's not like uh set forever. I mean, whatever. Actual NHLers. You're talking about tweeners who are making like seventy k in right. in the NHL. Which look, seventy k is great. You can live right. off seventy k easily. But these, it's not like these guys have millions of dollars in the bank. Some of them. Yeah set up for life and all that. Um, but yeah. So I will, no, I, 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 well, and like, it's one of the things when people talk about baseball too, where they're like, Oh, this guy's getting, cause you know, we have you in baseball, 
I literally listened to a podcast at five o'clock this morning because I couldn't sleep again. Uh, breaking down free agents into the one hundred million dollar tier, <laughs> the two hundred million dollar tier, and which guy might break three hundred million. <laughs> and like, there are you know, the the conversation focused around ten guys. Yeah. But think about how many of those guys, and there. This is where baseball's actually made a major improvement in the last twelve months. Uh, but how many of these guys are 25 years career old career minor league in double a making $12,000 exactly. Yeah. And that's where, that's where they have, uh, you know, well, they cut a bunch of minor league teams and that wasn't great, but then they're raising salaries and they're unionizing and they're doing all kinds of things. Anyway, we could get into a way deeper, like business of sports discussion and being like TDSP topic, maybe Well, and being, and being like, Hey, do you is your argument that that twelve million dollars should go to things like education or infrastructure in our cities or whatever? I'm with you. Like I would love to see more investments in those areas. But there are areas where a lot more money is being spent in areas that I would personally disagree with. Yeah. That I could reallocate some of that money and not worry about what Nathan McKinnon is making. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It, Anyway, Alex Galchenyuk, baby. Yeah, I want to get final thoughts on McKinnon before we talk about that. Good for him. Thrilled, <laughs> thrilled, thrilled for him. Thrilled for the Avs. He's earned it. Um, somebody in the chat made a great point. You're talking about the like the tip top of number one franchise centers in the NHL. Uh, personally, I think McDavid and Matthews are probably better players. You know, but. And, and they'll probably make a little bit more money uh, on their next deals, in part because their contracts come later than McKinnon's. Uh, that's good timing for them. They're going to get a little bit lucky there. But, uh, you know, you're talking about a top five player getting paid like a top five player. What are we doing here? Very yeah. simple. Good for him. He earned it. Okay. Cosine. Uh, the other, the other, not an official contract. It's just a PTO news for the app today. Is is Alex Galchenyuk does look like he's got a PTO. Will be at training camp. Um, Galchenyuk has always been a fairly divisive hockey player, just in general. We couldn't even agree on it before the show. Yeah, <laughs> not just because of his how good is he as a hockey player in general, but also has been a guy willing to, uh, eh, you know, he'll, he'll throw down in the bottom six, put it that way. At least yeah, for a smaller uh, guy. Um, look, I, I don't hate this. Like I I've always, I've long been a fan of the, um, you know, low risk, especially PTO for this. Um, to your point, regardless of what you think about Gelchenyuk, his whole career, like the, the one cell behind him, the reason he has gotten more and more chances here over the last few years is it's the offensive upside. He scored 30 goals once six years ago. Um, that's what he was drafted on is that offensive touch. Um, offense is the hardest thing to create in the NHL. So teams are always going to give him a look. Um, I don't have an issue with them saying, yeah, we wouldn't mind taking a look at this and just seeing if we think it can add some value on a really cheap deal. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, uh, Alex, Gal Alex Galchenyuk's agent is Pat Brisson. Do you guys know of any other players whose agent is Pat Brisson? The guy who just signed for $100 million today. 
$100 million deal is handed out to Pat Brisson's agent. And about 15 minutes later, his other client who's still looking for a job gets a PTO. Uh, I just, I don't doubt that at the end of this phone call, or I don't know if Pat Brisson is, is here in Denver talking with Chris McFarland. Hey, um, got my other guy here who still needs a look. Would you guys mind bringing him into camp? Like to me, that I, I think that's kind of how this went. And they're saying, yeah, we'll take a free look at a potential offensive player. And if for some reason, somehow he shows up to camp and blows our doors off. Yeah. We, we, we are happy to look at a guy as a possible option next to a skilled center. But um, with the way that this abs roster is put together, I, I, short of him showing up and, and I mean like literally like breaking out, like looking like he's in the 20 to 30 goal score form again. I just, I don't see room on this roster where he makes sense. And I'm not, I'm not expecting him to show up and look like that, by the way. I, I just don't know where the fit is. I don't have an issue with them looking at him at all. Um, I'm just not sure where he goes. So my counter argument to that would be one, he's 28. So mechanically he should be in the prime of his career. Yep. Uh, as far as that is concerned, I know he, he hasn't ever lived up to, to some of the numbers he had earlier in his career, but you look at a couple of different spots in Toronto in, in 21, he had 12 points in 26 games. That's enough of a scoring rate to be an effective player. Like if the abs could get a 15, 15 guy out of him, it's a win for them. Sure. The problem is what you've already stated. There is no room on this team. Even if you brought in Galchenyuk, now you're talking about moving guys like Houdon and bleed would rather those names be Maltsev and Kaut down the lineup, but they're even deeper down the lineup now. So it gets really, really hard to slot a guy like that into your lineup, not just as an everyday guy, but as even a 13th forward. You already have multiple players that are doing that for you. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, again, you guys know me, like I'm, I'm never going to be as concerned about like, Oh, are you bumping down a guy like Martin Kaut? For, forget any of the Eagles guys, Kaut, Malta, I, I don't, I don't see where he fits before you even start considering any of those guys, let alone being like a vast improvement. Again, I'm never, I'm never going to rule out the possibility that he, you know, is going to show up and look real good. And he did a bunch of training in the off season. I'm never going to write that off as impossible, but um, I just, I just don't, I don't see where you make the room fit like I said, before you even get to those guys, then add in those fringe guys. And it just, I don't know. It gets really tight, really fast. But I mean, anytime that you can take a guy that's been on six teams in five years and has put up seasons of, let's see here, eight goals, five goals and six goals in now, the last three years. Now, hold on. To be fair with that, he did, miss a lot of time whether that be for injury or scratches sick so he's being healthy scratched and he has injury problems i'm not not saying that those are good things i'm just saying out there without providing a games played number isn't really fair yeah the six goals in 60 games last year in arizona definitely a guy that i'm looking at as a dude that can help my my cup caliber roster I had 21 it was a points bottom is... feeder on the bottom feeder of NHL points teams in 60 last games. Year. You're telling me that's not as much production as anyone else in the Avs bottom line is going to have. I, and I get it. 
he's horribly defensively. I get it. There's problems there, but I'm not, I, I don't want to just write the guy off and uh, act like he's completely useless. Yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely has shown that he deserves a look. Dude, he's fucking terrible. I don't know what we're doing here. Well, I know this but, is a but... guy. This is a guy that gets drafted in the top five, and has spent the last five years bouncing around the league on that. And yeah. like, ah, I scored thirty goals once. Yeah, I mean, a thing that has happened six years ago. Uh, is... yeah, I mean, this is not. This is not the, went the... To the KHL, and that this is not say. the found the Chushkin, twenty-five years old. He's been with one team where it didn't work out. This is a dude who has been on he's been in six organizations. Yeah, but but again, but the argument six the argument front offices that, that, gave him a look and then the moved on. Thing, again, I remember it very clearly because it, it was me against you. The argument the nuke thing was he's bad, he's terrible, he couldn't hack it in the bottom half of Dallas's lineup. He had to go to the KHL where he was even more terrible. Why would he didn't you do have this? to go to the KHL? Nachushkin well, chose okay, to well, go to the KHL because well, he hated know, but, the head coach. But but the point that everyone was making was yeah he went over there and he continued to be bad he's i like all this good. all this shit about jack johnson isn't even true i was on board with jack johnson last year oh, and yeah. said that he was gonna get signed but but again like uh, and I'm, again I'm, and I'm evan with like, a great dude. point nachushkin nachushkin at least had underlying numbers where you could be like hey maybe there's a thing that you like here i, I don't maybe think there's some, are, something like... there there's no underlying number that says that you're getting a quality NHL player from Alex Galchenyuk. Again, I, I don't think either of us are like hard disagreeing with you. I just like, I'm, I, I step back and look, I'm like, I, I can see why you're at least like, cool. We'll take a look. Um, I don't really care that he's getting a PTO personally, because yeah, I don't I, think I, it's like Artem Anisimov last year. I don't think this is going to end in a contract. Yeah, I, I mean, so for I, the I'm record, not, I'm not overly pressed about it, but I'm just like, look, he's fuck. He's been fucking terrible I, in the NHL. And for like just, a couple uh, of years now, they're just yeah, not, not in the yeah. situation to do reclamation projects like they used to be. Like, yeah, this is a guy that would need to come in and just be different. He would just need to be like a a different player than he has been for several years. You never know. You never know when a guy is going to vibe with a coach. And again, this is why you give him a PTO. You put him in your environment. You give him a month to see what he looks like in preseason, in training camp. Give him all these other things like. All of this, you know, all these different things are, hey, well, it doesn't, it literally, a PTO literally costs you nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It costs ownership a weekly stipend of like 800 bucks or something. Like it is, it it is just not a big deal. And, and if you get something out of him, you're thrilled. Yeah. Like yeah, you're, you're thrilled, but... This is a guy, when you go and you look at his entire body of work through 600 fucking NHL games here, the first, like, 300 of those games, maybe 400 of those games, he was a good NHL player. And it's just been a long time. This is this is like when... this, You know what? His career reminds me of Wojtek Volskis. He burned bright really, really early yeah. on. And then completely fell apart in in the latter half of his twenties, and okay, well, it fell like, apart in the COVID season. No big, no big deal. Uh, like no big deal here for me that he just he's been on teams that have been competitive, and they all keep moving on from him. And then he gets to a bad team, 
He plays bad hockey all year, and he's I, rewarded with a PTO I, on the Cup champs. I just, it's kind of like okay. I think you're overestimating. I do think he still produces decently on good teams. Again, the defense is kind of a black hole that is not really functional in a bottom six. But I do think there could be something there. I just don't think it fits with the abs. Uh, Jesse, I know you got to go. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we we got we got to we got to talk to Nate. So I'm going to I'm going to jump off. Yeah, no, I I, I, one Evan said something about like him gelling with Bednar. And I think that'll that'll kind of be what makes it or breaks it. Can can you can you be a part of this system? Can you be a part of this culture? Um, Yeah, I'm with what both of you guys just said there at the end. If you can get him in here and he shows well. Cool. Get you know, give him a chance. I I don't care. If you like what you see, if he's showing out, if it's more of what we've seen in the last couple of years as opposed to the first few years of his career, PTO costs you nothing. Uh, I'm gonna jump out of here. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are uh, wrapping up anyway here. Uh, we did get one more super chat very quickly. Jason with ten dollars, very generous. Future abs problem. Kenan is fantastic. Makar may be generationally great. As long as the abs can keep Makar later, good deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll have a problem with Makar just because that's so far down the line and yeah. so the cap just situation will be completely different by that Kale point. has always been a very loyal person also. It's but. it's Taves that I'm worried about them losing. It's yeah. ranted in that I wonder how hard it will be to make it work to keep him. Yeah. Um, Rantanen is a little hazier just because he's right in that window of, oh, the cap could take a huge jump here. Uh, and we don't know what that situation looks like. Uh, with Rantanen, too, uh, you're, what side are you on? That's a guy who you're thinking, he could literally have an MVP season in the next three years. Like, yeah. If he really pops, all of a sudden that contract goes up, 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 up. I think I think Rantanen is for sure a top 15 player in the NHL. Yep. And the only reason that you're saying, well, maybe, maybe you can't um maybe you can't keep him is because in that top 15 you have two other guys. Yep. So that's that's why uh Yeah. Yep. Not you know no um uh do we have a do we have a mod? Can we, Scott Doucet can fuck off. This guy's got to go. Uh you've been you've been personally a huge piece of shit to me for years. So get out of our chat. Stop watching our pod. You're not you're not welcome here at all. Don't come to the bar. Don't do anything. Fair enough. Yeah. That's not a that's not a no. We're not playing that you don't get to be a piece of shit to me on a personal level and hang out in our and hang out in our community. You've chosen not to be a part of it for a long time. Fuck off. Um, and are to answer his question, were we complaining about Max contract? The entire podcast existed of us being like this pod rule or uh, this contract <laughs> rules. McKinnon is on his way to a hall of fame career and uh, the Mount Rushmore of Colorado athletes. So yeah, no, he was uh he was on Facebook, which also a tell. So anyway, um, sorry to derail that with that, but that was personal. That was ultra personal. We're wrapping up the show anyway, so yeah. <laughs> in, in any case, uh, looking at the abs right now, it, again, this next three year window. You got to feel really good about it. Certainly the next two years Dude. with Dave still under contract. 
you you look at last year's the two teams in the Stanley Cup final last year, the Avs brought almost almost everything, uh, almost everyone back. Sands really like Kadri and Kemper, right? Yeah. Um, and Berkey. That's the only other significant one. And yeah, Berkey Berkey will be a, a low key big loss too, I think. Um, but you look at that, you look at what Tampa lost in Palat McDonough. And then you look at like aging and everything. The abs are like in the heart of this thing. Yep. And that's where I think you feel better than Tampa Bay will feel today is that all their, all their guys are still really 20 years old. Like Colorado's over 30 players here. Uh, What are we looking at? We're it's, it's fourth line and third pairing. Yep. Pretty much Manson at 30. Uh, Johnson at 34, and then Helm and Cogliano. Their oldest top six player is 29. In yeah, Landis. Landeskog turns 30 in the season. Yep. Yeah. So they got... It, Pretty it's good, funny. man. It, it's funny to think that McKinnon really is in the heart of his prime. Same with Nachushkin, same with Lekkonen. Miko really should just be hitting his prime now. It's a pretty good hockey team. That's and I think that's where when you're talking about Miko, like when I when I say that it could be hard to keep him in a couple of years, it absolutely could be because the next couple of years might be the best that he has to offer. When you think about Miko just coming off a 92 point season, he's got a couple 80 point years under his belt. Uh, he's been a point per game guy uh, for five years. Five years? Yeah, five years. Um, dude. And a big part of that is McKinnon, too. Yeah. Uh, a big part of that is riding shotgun next to McKinnon. This year could be the great the great litmus test for Miko, right? Like, they could roll that landing McKinnon-Nachushkin. And let Miko carry the second line, yeah. Exactly. And let, let Miko and, and uh, Lekkonen really be the guys on their second line. Uh, all right. I'm good on that note. So we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all so very much. Thank you for the super chats and everything. Except Scott said, I do not appreciate him. Fair enough. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I believe we will have a normal time show before media, but it's possible we have one in the evening. Uh, no, we should be good. We I sh- think we we're good. But... Yeah, we'll probably have a show before media day tomorrow. Media day is like late afternoon. It's like but four. I, I don't know that it's worth us doing like a like a 7 p.m. show. Right. Just to be like, the guys are in the best shape of their lives and they're very excited to defend the Stanley Cup. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we'll be live tomorrow with that. And then Thursday training camp starts. So we'll be we'll be working around all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, your local we have a lot of stuff. are open to the public. So if you want to come vibe and say hello, we'll be there. Yeah, it should be. I, I think all of us will be there. Uh, Megan and Evan included, I think should also be there. Um, we've got a lot of things that we're going to be doing uh, this week. So should yep. be a fun, really fun week. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, looking forward to it for today. We're out of here and we will talk to you on the next one.